Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Let's jump into week six of our game plan series, and I got, I want to lead in with a heavy question. Um, Do you know what the biggest tragedy is in life? Biggest tragedy in life. And I can hear some of you are thinking, yeah, uh, being a Dallas Cowboys fan. And that's not really what I'm talking about. But um, I guess since I'm on it, have you heard the joke? Like, what do the Dallas Cowboys and the Postal Service have in common? Yeah, neither one of them deliver on Sundays. Yes. Yes. All right, I'm gonna get a lot of angry text messages this week, I think. Um, But anyway, greatest tragedy in life, I think, is a wasted life. It's a wasted life. Um, I think about, uh, as a parent, we got three kids, and uh, back in the days when they loved toys, um, we got sick and tired of buying them stuff, and then they didn't want it. And uh, so we would give them money, and, uh, and they would go to Walmart or whatever store with their money. And it used to drive me crazy as a parent because I would warn them about certain toys that they would be wasting their money if they bought that toy because after a few weeks, it would end up breaking and they'd be crying all over the place and upset. And wouldn't you know it, what would they do? They would almost always buy the toy that I warned them about and it would end up breaking and they would be super sad. And I think about, um, I think about our lives and the way that we live our lives. And I think that we can... Um, sometimes be that way uh, with our Heavenly Father, that, uh, that God is, is giving us warnings, that God is trying to help us maximize our life, uh, but so often we end up making decisions um, that cause us to waste our life. And, um, you know, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, whether you're here today just kind of kicking the tires of faith, um, we all have a tendency to build our life around some hopes, some dreams, some desires. Like some of you here, like your hopes and dreams is to, to graduate one day, whether it's from high school or college or graduate school or med school or whatever. Um, maybe your, your dream is to be able to, to find a job and you're thinking, if I could just kind of, if I could just land this job, then everything else in my life will begin to fall into place. Uh, some of you are thinking, like, if I could just find the person, like if I can get married, find the man or the woman of my dreams, that somebody that'll treat me well, if I can uh, just have a happy marriage or um, have the house, a nice house or a nice car, if I could just kind of get that retirement built up to where it needs to be so that I can retire in a little bit, or if I could just, what about this one, if I could just grow old healthy, right? I don't have all the squeaky joints and the achy parts and all that, if I could just grow old healthy. Um, all of these things are, are great goals. They're great desires for us to have in our life, and, and I have just about all of them in my own life. But, but here's the thing, that if we don't have this one thing in our life, then we can have all of these things and still waste our life. And so today what I wanna do is I wanna talk about what that one thing is because Jesus felt like it was super important to talk about 
And so we're gonna talk about it too as we close out today, week six of our game plan series. Uh, If today's your first time with us, um, welcome home. Uh, We have been in this six-week series talking about um, how to see and experience God's will for uh, our life. And, uh, and we've built this series around three important questions that I think all of us ask at some point along the way. The first one is, what is God's will for my life? The second one is, why does it matter, right? And then the third one is, how do I live it out? What is God's will? Why does it matter? And how do I live it out. And in week three of our series, I introduced you to kind of our God's will wall. And, um, and we use this to try to, um, to visualize the way that our journey goes with God and just seeing and experiencing his will in our life. And, and I've asked you to, to kind of imagine God's will for our life on the other side of this wall. And uh, God is all about relationship. His will for our life is actually a a result of relationship. And he knows all too often we would pursue his will and not him. And so he doesn't kind of give us the full picture. What he does is he gives us a window, kind of a, a spiritual window for us to be able to get a glimpse of the direction that he is leading uh, our lives into. And so we, we talked about the, uh, the things that God uses to help us to be able to see and experience his will. And so um, we talked about the importance of the influence of others, the people that, that we have in our kind of inner circle of life, the people that are in our huddle, and uh, how those people can uh, determine um, whether we see and experience God's will in our life. Uh, we talked about our life situations, and we talked about um, how God often uses um, negative things in our life, not that he causes them, but he will use negative situations in our life uh, to help us see his will. And then we talked about the leading of the Holy Spirit, that God is active and speaking and giving us direction. Uh, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is coming to, to be a guide in our life. And so if we will open our ears and obey what the Holy Spirit is saying, then it helps us to be able to see his will uh, more clearly. And so today what I wanna do is I wanna kind of, I wanna finish today's um, message um, around this idea. I wanna talk about the fourth thing that God uses to help us see and experience his will in our life. He uses the word of God. He uses the word, thing would not go back there. It was like somebody's back there like pushing against it. Um, He uses the word of God in our life. And today I wanna talk to you from uh, this title, God's Playbook, in essence, executing God's playbook in our life, because that really is what uh, the word of God is. And what we're gonna discover uh, today is that we're gonna discover that when we have the word of God operating in our life, that it gives us the ability to look at the influence of others, to see the life situations and to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit in such a way that it reveals God's W-I-L-L, his will in our life. 
Hey, if you got your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. This is uh, the back part, the very end part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount today. Matthew chapter 7. And uh, I don't know how many of you played football. I played one year of football um, in high school. We won a state championship that year. Um, it had nothing to do with me, by the way, but we won the state championship that year. Um, and uh, here's what I know about football, and here's what I know about um, the playbook. We're talking about God's playbook today, is that in football, the playbook is kind of the nervous system for the team. It's full of all kinds of plays, it's full of different kinds of formations, it's full of, of adjustments, and they are strategically designed and placed there in order to position the team and the player for success. In a lot of ways, this story in Matthew chapter 7 that Jesus gives does just that in our life. That it is a, a playbook, Jesus talks about this playbook in our own life that the heavenly coach has strategically designed and placed to help us to be able to be successful and to not waste our life. And so in Matthew chapter seven, um, what we see here is we see Jesus talking about um, two builders and two builders that are, are building their house um, on different foundations. And he uses the, the, um, the idea of a house as a metaphor uh, to describe our lives and describe what we build our lives upon. And so look with me in Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. Um, and then I wanna share a few observations from the text today. It says this, starting in verse 24, that anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, that it won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, that it will collapse with a mighty crash. So today what I want to do is I want to share four observations from this text um, that can help us as we look at the life that we are building and what foundation we are building our life upon. And then I want to close with uh, a couple critical questions that we've got to answer. The, the first observation that I share, want to share with you today from this story is this, is that we see in this story, there's two builders that are building the same thing. Two builders that are building the same thing. They're both building houses. And this, remember, this house is a metaphor for our life. And what we will notice about Jesus and about the Bible is that it really doesn't matter whether we're a Christian or not, that we, that we all desire to have a good life. We all desire to, to experience some good things in our life. And when you look at scripture and you look at what Jesus says, he's totally cool with that. 
Like he's totally cool with you and I having some desires, wanting a house, wanting a certain job, wanting to get married and have a a happy marriage. Like Jesus is completely fine with that. But what we're gonna see in this passage of scripture is that he has a warning about it. And his warning is simple. It's what are we building all of those hopes and all of those dreams on? We see a second observation, and that is that, that both houses, right, our lives, that they experience the same storms. So two builders building the same thing, a house, building a life, and they experience the same storms. Now, when you look at that scripture, there's, there's three kind of types uh, of storms that Jesus references. He talks about the rains, he talks about the floods, and he talks about um, the winds. And, and um, as somebody that was born in Florida, I, I always assumed that the rain in Florida was the same everywhere until we moved to the Pacific Northwest. And when we moved to the Pacific Northwest, we realized that rain like Florida rain is not the same kind of rain that everybody gets all over the country. What we discovered about the the kind of Seattle Pacific Northwest rain is that um, it it didn't have any kind of thunder, didn't have any kind of, of, of lightning there, just dark, foggy, dreary, kind of mist, like you, you didn't even, people knew that you were a tourist in the Pacific Northwest if you walked around with an umbrella. Like people just like walked around, no umbrellas, no whatever. They just kind of went about their business. But what ends up happening in the Pacific Northwest with the, with the rainy kind of weather is that over time, it just becomes dreary and dreary and dreary to the point where it just kind of sucks the life out of you. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about what Jesus was saying when he's talking about the rains and I was thinking about Pacific Northwest and, and it sounds a lot like some of the troubles that we face in our life that, that aren't necessarily major problems. They're kind of, kind of some of the minor uh, troubles and problems that we face, but they're persistent. Like, have you ever had those? Like, it's not something that's going to totally uproot your life, but it's, it's something that's just constantly happening. You're constantly dealing with it, that it gets kind of annoying over time, and it just kind of sucks the passion of life. And then you've got the, the Florida rain, and, and Andrea says the Florida rain just, it, it assaults you, right? Like, it's just like, it just, it hammers you, the Florida rain. It just assaults you. And it's, it's a different kind of rain because in Florida, when it goes to rain, like you'll have darkness for a couple hours and then the sun comes out, but it's a, it's a hard driving kind of rain that you can't really do a whole lot into. And, and so not only do we have troubles that are, that are kind of minor, but persistent, but, but we also have some, some troubles that tend to be overwhelming in our life, some troubles that hit us unexpectedly. They just kind of come up from, from nowhere, knocking our feet out from under us, taking our breath away. And Jesus is saying that, that we could build our house and that, that no matter whether we're saved or not saved, that we're going to experience some of that, that kind of rain, some of that kind of trouble in our life. He talks about the floods. And when I think of floods, I think of life-altering disasters that hit us, right? It's the, 
the diagnosis of, of a catastrophic illness. It's, it's an unexpected death from a loved one. It's, it's a nasty divorce or a job loss or it's financial ruin that we experience in our life. And, and sometimes those kind of, those life-altering disasters, those floods kind of kind of hit the, the house of our life. And, and then Jesus talks about the winds. And when I think of the winds, I think of some of the words and the power of the words that the people have over our life. Like think about some of the sarcastic things that maybe a friend has said that in their mind, they, they apologize and they move on, but, but those words have stuck to your heart. And it's something that you carry six months, a year, multiple years later. Or maybe it's a, it's a harsh rebuke from a boss. Or maybe it's a heartless, cowardly attack that happens on social media. Or sometimes, even worse, it's the negative, defeating kind of self-talk that, that we put ourselves through on a daily basis of not being good enough. You don't deserve this. You can't do this. And what, what Jesus does in Matthew 7 is, is he tries to help us understand about what we are building our life on. He's trying to help us understand that it doesn't matter if we're a follower of Jesus or not, that we're, we're all gonna experience those kind of things in our life. But I want you to notice this third observation, that even though we're all going to experience those storms in our life, we notice from this story that the storms impact the two houses, right, the lives differently. That one house, when the storm comes, collapses, and the other house, when the storm comes, doesn't. And so I think one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves today is what was it that caused one house to collapse and one to keep standing? And I think that's this fourth observation. The foundation that our life, that we build our house on matters. That the foundation determines the extent of of damage that we experience in our life. And so if, if you and I are gonna kind of tackle this, this question of how do we not waste our life, then we've got, to, we've got to address this question is what was the foundation that Jesus was talking about? When Jesus is standing on the hill and he's talking to all these people, knowing that you and I were going to be in this room today and knowing exactly where our life is and the difficulties that we face and the questions that we have, when he began to give this story about the house that was built and the storms that come against and the foundation that it was on, what was in Jesus's heart and what does he want us to know? I think the answer to this question may surprise you a little bit. I think it'll surprise you because our natural tendency is to look at this story and make the assumption that it is just the word of God as the foundation that these houses were built on. However, 
If you look at the passage of scripture and you look at verse 24 and how Jesus describes the wise person and building the house on the rock, there's two components at play. It's knowing the word of God and then my little rays, you like that, reflect doing the word of God. The foundation that Jesus lays out that we've got to build our life on to ensure that the storm doesn't collapse our life is, yes, the word of God, but not just the word of God, but also us being obedient to what it says. Here's how it works in football. Like they're given a playbook, right? The players are given a playbook. And what happens if... um, or what's the, the difference between the player that knows the playbook and executes the plays on the field versus the player that knows the playbook but doesn't execute the plays on the field? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know this, that that one player that is just knowing the playbook but not executing is it going to see a lot of play time? <laughs> They're not going to get in the game a whole lot, which is going to end their career a little bit quicker, and they're definitely not going to make as much money. And so what Jesus is kind of getting at in this passage of Scripture where he compares verse 24 with verse 26 is, is this idea that in our lives... As we're building, we've got our hopes and we've got our dreams and we've got the things that we want to pursue and and live for, that as we are building our life, what we build our life on matters. He says in verse 24 that anyone who listens, right, knows the playbook and follows it, executes it on the field, that they are a wise person, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. But the ones that may know the playbook, they may be cool with the Bible and they may say, I believe in the Bible and all that kind of stuff, but they don't obey it. That they are foolish. Now that ain't me, that's Jesus. That's Jesus saying that. That they're like a person who builds a house on sand. There's only two houses both experience the same storms. But it's the foundation that determines the outcome. So I think one of the questions that we've got to wrestle with today is how do I know what foundation my life is built on? If that's what Jesus is saying, which I would assume that if Jesus is saying it and giving us that warning that it is true, then how do I know what foundation my life is built on? Well, when we look at Matthew chapter seven, we see that both had two houses or both had a house. They look the same. They use the same materials that you couldn't really tell the difference between the house that was on the solid rock and the one that was on the sand until 
this one thing happened until the storms hit. You couldn't really tell what foundation the house was on until the storms hit. In other words, when life happens, because how many know life has a tendency to happen? In other words, the things that we've kind of built our, our hope in, the, the desires, the, you know, finding the spouse that will treat us right, but then now we're walking through a season of divorce or, you know, we've kind of built our hopes and our dreams on this graduate degree and, and that didn't work out or we've wanted kids and we've prayed for kids and, and that dream, that desire hasn't worked out. We wanted to build a retirement. We thought by now we would have kind of our nest egg kind of built up and, and we'd all be good. And then the stock market crashes and it wipes it out. And now all of our hopes and dreams about the future and our desire of not wanting to put the financial burden of, of our future in the later years onto our kids. And now that's gone like like what Jesus is getting at in this moment is when life happens, here's how you know what your foundation is built on. He, he says this, how did you respond when the storms hit? How'd you respond when you lost the retirement? How did you respond when your marriage didn't work out? How did you respond when... You couldn't find the job that you went to school to have. Did you pull away from God? Did you quit being consistent at church? Did, did you quit giving? Did you quit serving? Did you, did you pull away from your small group? Like, how did you respond when the storms of life began to to come against the house that you've built. Listen, I wanna tell you today, I don't know where you are in your faith journey and I don't know what dreams and hopes that you've had that you've kind of built your whole life around that have come kind of collapsing around you. But this, this I know, is that we don't serve a God of a second chance, we serve a God of another chance. And that his grace is sufficient, that in your season of storms, when you begin to recognize that your life has been built on the sand, on the wrong foundation, that you can invite the presence of God into your life for another chance so that you can begin to build the future of your life on the solid rock. I think the second question, I'm gonna close with this one. The second question is how do we make sure that our life is built on the right foundation? How do we make sure how do we make sure everything that we go about in life and the hopes and dreams, how do we make sure that it's built on the right 
foundation. This is how you and I in our life, we have to make a conscious decision to elevate God's word in our life. And to look through the lens of God's word at the influences in our life. When people are speaking words over us and saying things about us, we don't just kind of take them as truth, but we look through the lens of the word of God. And we identify what the word says about us. And we let that be the guide in our life. We elevate the word of God as it comes to our life situations. There's some of you that are here today that you think back on the, in the rear view mirror of your life and you see all the kind of decisions you've made and the catastrophe that you've had to walk through and you kind of think like, is this the best that it's ever gonna get? And if you try to answer that question on your own, you're gonna probably say yes. But if you are elevate the word of God in your life and you'll look at the seasons that you've walked through in your life, it'll give you not your perspective, but a godly perspective to see what God was doing in the background that you couldn't see and to see the things that God was trying to kind of carve off of you so that you could become the man or the woman that he created you to be. When we think about the big decisions in life, think about the things that impact our future, a relocation, a job, whether we're taking a job or walking away from a job. And if you're anything like me, you're really good at thinking through all the pros and the cons, putting together your Excel spreadsheet helping you to develop an idea of what you think you should do in the situation. And and God's like, no, 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 no. But if you want to see and experience my will for your life, you can't do what you think is best. You've got to elevate the word of God in your life. And you've got to look through the lens of that to your big decisions and open your ears to what the Holy Spirit is saying. And when you struggle with, is it God saying this or is it me saying this? You're never gonna know that until you elevate God's word and you listen to his voice through the context of what scripture teaches. Friend, let me pull back the curtain on the enemy in your life. Why does he make you so busy? Why does he keep you distracted and keep you from elevating the word of God in your life? Because he knows if he can get you figuring out the influence of others, if he can get you looking at your life situations, if he can get you following over your own advice 
and direction, then he's got you right where he wants you. Because he knows the power is not in you. The power is in elevating the word of God to give you a better perspective of what he's doing in your life. Jesus knew that there's only two options. Trust me, I wish there were 20. (laughs) But he knew there were only two options, our way or his way. Our way or his way. Solomon said this in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, that there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Your way, my way, leads to a collapse of our house we take his word and we do what it says Jesus says you are building your house on a solid foundation the storms they're coming they're coming the rain's coming the flood's coming I know you came to church to hear it's not coming no I'm telling you it's coming like it's coming at some point but Jesus is saying that if you'll build your life not just on the word of God, but you'll listen to it, you'll hear it, and you'll apply it. You'll be obedient to what it says, that your life, your house will be built a solid rock. And here's what makes this, here's the kicker, is he gives us this promise. He gives us this promise that if we will live our life that way, he says this in Luke chapter six, Verse 48, which is Luke's perspective of this story. He says that when the flood came, the torrent struck that house, that it could not shake it. Do you want a life that can't be shaken? Do you want to avoid wasting your life, building it on a foundation that doesn't matter, a foundation that won't withstand the storms of life? Or do you want to inherit Jesus' promise of a life that's built on a solid rock that can't be shaken? Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.